This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. And Kelly joining it today on Kelly and Rumya, wherever you are listening in. Thanks a lot for being with us. Maybe you're chiming in on TuneIn Radio or OO Tunes just to settle back and listen to AMI Audio's uh, broadcasts of the program. Wherever you are, we love having you on board. And of course, always look for, for feedback from you too. So many different conversations, Brock, we can have. All right, Brock, I can't, I can't resist as you know, we get into March, we get into a different time of the year for sports. What's the one you're watching other than your curling? Uh, probably spring training and a little bit of hockey, I would say. Because hockey's getting yeah. into that drive point where you're running into those last couple of games and or last handful. I'm not going to say couple because it's more than a couple. But, yeah, it's probably hockey and baseball mixed in with a little bit of basketball here and there. Do, do you think hockey has, what do they say about August for baseball, the dog days of, of, of the summer? The do you think hockey of, has that? The frozen days of winter? Yeah, the frozen uh, dog days probably, of winter or whatever? I would say it's probably just before the All-Star break. You kind of you kind of feel people limping in towards the All-Star break and even a little bit after that as well. So, okay. yeah, I think so. It's just not as fun and fun pungenty like like that where you can say the dog days of summer where it sounds it sounds good so there's just not one of those for hockey but uh, i'd be what very they... careful what name you came up with when it comes to basketball <laughs> you know which right. ones we know the uh, kind of culture and the way the guys speak and everything like that yeah that, that might be a little bit too um non-air friendly yes 100 well what is Air-friendly is the smell of the woodshed, and I know I can smell it, so it's time to bring on Jeff Thompson to talk a little woodworking. Hi, I'm Jeff Thompson. Let's talk wood. Practical woodworking from a blindness perspective. It's not, can I do it? It's, how can I do it? Now let's get started. Today you are talking, Jeff, about using live edge wood for projects. Let's start with the baseline of what is live edge wood. Hi, guys. Uh, I, I think the baseline is, and a rumor tells me that Kelly's desk has a live edge on it. I'm, I'm yep. just guessing, Kelly. Yeah, oh, I mean, you want to talk about a live edge. Now, this is a desk that uh, we're going to show some pictures up here uh, of it. Um, this was made by our senior producer, Matt Agnew. We, you know, I was very aware of Matt's love for working with wood. We've expressed that on the program. And one of the things I was looking for was a raised top desk so I could lift my desk up and down and get it in different positions so that, you know, basically what people call the, the stand-up desk, which has mm -hmm. a couple of positions. Matt set to work on this thing for me. Um, I guess if I'm going to get my memories as good as I think it is, he, it's olive wood. Um, he's, of oh, course, wow. treated it as uh, with his design into it. He's got underneath, and, and there's some barn board when it comes to my tray um, that... Uh, I pull my keyboard out on. Um, this thing smells wonderful still, solid as can be. I have a space there that's been cut out, 
and actually Matt's dad did the favor of making a, a little uh, little uh, cup holder, little place so I can actually put a cup in there. Matt grooved it out, but he made a really nice little leather cutout for me to put it on so it's not putting a, a maybe a damp bottom cup right onto the wood. This thing is absolutely sweet, I will tell you now, for sure. Well, that's great because, you know, a live edge wood offers that tactile, you know, for someone who can't see the wood, you know, so I like that. That's great. Oh, it's really something. And the time when he brought it, it was just like, oh, my God. Um, and, you know, I've had <laughs> my property managers come in here to look at a couple of things in the building and said, you know, by the way, uh, if that desk is ever gone, you know where not to look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have never stolen it. Don't come look. You'll have to set out otherwise. Uh, absolutely loves it. Yeah. Live Edge Wood is basically you take off the bark and the cambium la layer, and that's that's the live edge. But typically with a, a, a sawmill, they'll cut a tree down. Then they'll cut it into like a square, a log that's long square. So most of the time you lose that live edge and then they cut their lim wow. lumber out of it. Yeah. Wow. So when you say that, so if we look at a, you know, a tree, you think of the size, you think of it and they make that square, the bark, the other areas of that, that's what you're losing. What, what, what gets done? Like, I mean, I look at this um, top that Matt's, Matt's, you know, created for me. And it's, it's just so phenomenal, but you look at it, it's beautiful, but it has that area of, you know, like, oh yeah, you feel that there and feel that little, not oh, there, yeah. the, the, the little pieces that make it natural. So is that when we think about outside of that square block, that's kind of what we're talking about, the use of the, the, the rest of the tree. Well, you, you take a sawmill that wants to get the most dollars out of the uh, chunk of tree you know they might have a 10 foot log and they're going to mm -hmm. figure out everything they can get out of it now if you take the dead center and get two inches wide out of there that's a perfect live edge piece but mm. that shortens or cuts down on what they can profit off of because you just yeah. took the heart of it out of there and that's where they make quarter sawn wood. That's where they make all the best, widest planks. So typically someone that's making a sawmill that's going to make live edge wood, they got to market for it. So they get their money back out of it. Otherwise, they're going to try and cut that wood to get every square inch they can get out of it. So live edge wood is uh, priceless in a sense that it's, it's very rare to find it and Kudos on you getting that desk. That's great. Well, like I said, absolutely amazing piece. Can we talk about some of the other uses that one can get from Live Edgewood where you've seen it applied? Well, there, there we got like a tabletop. I've seen tables mm -hmm. where they have Live Edge on each side of it, and that's come from a big trees somewhere. And uh, use it on shelves, benches. You've probably seen some rustic type of furniture where there's a bench yes. and it feels like a, they just cut a log up and done that to it, you know. So there are areas where you can use it. Or if you just get a ring of a tree, like when they just chainsaw the tree off and then cut another ring, a two inches thick, it's round. If you support that on the bottom with another piece of board, like a piece of panel, and then treat it just right. That makes like a great hot pad or some other use, a serving dish type of thing, uh, plate. Um, wow. So there's lots of uses for this stuff. And it's just being creative with it. Like trays. 
like a tray to bring something out, whether it's, um, mm -hmm. oh God, a charcuterie board or whatever. Yeah, put a round uh, bearings underneath it so you can turn it and <laughs> serve mm -hmm. ketchup mm -hmm. on mustard and put it in the middle oh, of your picnic table. Oh, yeah, like the coaster thing. Um, coffee yeah. tables, do you, do you get much of it? Is that, I mean, that calls upon a lot of wood to do something like a coffee table. Well, it depends on what you want to do. You have endless possibilities and your imagination is the only thing that's going to limit you or make you wonder what it is. So when I get the pieces, I have an idea what I'm going to be doing. And then, but sometimes you feel the wood and you go, you know what, this isn't going to go for that. This is going to be that or something. But typically if you get a two by four, a one by eight or anything like that, you got a purpose for it. But live edge is something comes alive in there to you because you're feeling it. And that's the whole nice thing about the live edge mantles over a fireplace. Nice oh. live edge piece. Mm. So you mentioned a little bit that it's tough to get live edge wood, but if somebody really wants it, where would you say go there and maybe you'll find live edge wood? Look up locally, Google it, look up locally. I was almost said the yellow pages, but, but look it up and look for a sawmill, a local sawmill because they're, busy doing what they do to their customers and they might have stuff laying around that wasn't usable or you know maybe next time they throw a log on there and said hey this one's for brock and they'll just cut the heart of it right out of there and call you up and say we got one for you but local sawmills can you know be more flexible than going to a lumber yard where basically they're trying to sell you planks of wood, typical construction wood, straight up. However, I did hear from a listener of the show that they have now kits where you can buy a pine board and it has pocket holes in the bottom. And we talked about that before, where you can, at an angle, put screws right in and they hide. But you can put a live edge right on the edge of your board. Mm -hmm. So that works. That's one way of creating that look, especially like in shelves. Now, yeah. Is it the real live edge? It is a real live edge on the edge there, but you're adhering it to a shelf. And, you know, it's the effect, the impact that you get from it that really helps, you know. So it's nice that they see there's some DIY ways of doing it too. Mm. I, I, I mean, I know for this, one of the things that when Matt mentioned using the barn board, just totally thought, oh, my gosh. This is great. Like, like it's it's the uniqueness is something else. But what I did get curious, and he certainly explained to me, but I'm going to ask you about it. How does one bring the live edge to the finished look? Like, what what do you do? What do you put on? How do you put like the things that you would do to finish this? Well, technically, I like to remove the bark if it's on there because that's the, once that cambium starts to dry up. It, the bark likes to separate and you've probably been in the woods where someone showed you, Hey, you can take the bark right off of this. And it just mm -hmm. comes right off because the tree's dead. Then you have, sometimes you have sap wood in there, which is sometimes a little bit softer depending on the species you're using. But once yep. you get it down and typically even the small sawmills will cut it, kiln drying it, run it through a planer in stages, and it'll be pretty much ready for sanding. Um, if you have some big pieces, um, like what I'm going to do, I'm going to like a breadboard, how you put pieces together. 
I need to yeah. go 25 inches. So I'm using six inch boards. And then my last piece of the cherry is going to be the live edge piece. So it'll all blend together. But then if you have a local sawmill or lumber yard, someone that provides lumber to uh, contractors and stuff like that, sometimes they have what they call is a time saver. And it is a time saver where you can take that, say it's 25 inches wide by five feet long. They'll send it through there and sand it down three, three, four times. And it'll come out smooth, just smooth just totally smooth and the time you save by doing that you know but if it came off the planer real nice sure get, get out your palm sander and sand it down you be the judge of what level you want a perfection you want and i i don't really like a glass top on you know when it's real wood like your barn board or something it's just interesting what you feel in it and that's why live edge wood barn wood um barn board is kind of more of a tactile thing uh imperfections are kind of you know it's kind of interesting to have that type mm -hmm. of thing other people might want to if you have a big piece and there might be a crack in it you can put an epoxy in there um and strengthen it up a little bit by pouring that in there and sanding it down smooth um there's just lots of different things you can do to it and I know when you're done with it, throw on a good oil or a good poly um, and some wax. I'm not a poly fan, but if you get get some wax on there and that's your top coat, that'll stop, you know, a fly from flying over it and doing something. Uh, but <laughs> you, your coffee Love cups it. and everything, the oils penetrate and bring out the richness. And right on that edge, that's real hardwood on the edge there. Sometimes it's sapwood, which sometimes is like a white color, but like with um, black walnut, a white sapwood, sometimes that stuff looks really cool to people. Oh, and so yeah. there's something for everyone. And some of this live edge wood, yeah. like I said, just gets cut up at the sawmill and no one gets it. Sounds really good. Thank you so much for this information. We always appreciate it. And you'll be back in about a month. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Every fourth Tuesday of the month, we talk woodworking with Jeff Thompson. Boy, get so much advice, so much knowledge out of this, man. Wow. Wonderful talk. Danielle McLaughlin is going to join us next for our monthly book club uh, review of the book Actress by uh, Anne Enright. We'll be talking with her as she steps in in a moment. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.